The following is a paid program on this station. Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. And good morning and welcome to this special edition of Your Partner in Law. We're... Uh, We've got this intimate show, and it's just for those of you on KTTH. Over there on Cairo this morning, uh, there's rumors of a football game coming up an hour from now. So right after you're done listening to this, uh, you're welcome to probably flip uh, over to you know, other station. With and, Brad, uh, you know, we went to- at the dog pound, no less. Yeah, so we're going to uh, have the uh, Hawks coming up here at 10. So uh, today we're only airing on KTTH, so... Um, Welcome, folks, and uh, glad to have you all to myself this morning. What I wanted to talk about today is kind of a sensitive subject, and it's difficult, and it's one that when people don't tackle it, bad things are potentially going to happen. So what I'm talking about is for those of you who are divorced or separated or have had children and then split up, and... For estate planning for divorced parents, the blended family, and especially for minor children, but for all children, even adults, there are significant issues that need to be addressed, certainly for our minor children, guardianship issues. Probably the most important. And then, obviously, inheritance issues. And we have to you know, really work around two estates, so to speak, your old one with your prior spouse and your child. And then, of course, you've got your new estate with your new spouse. And there are just particular challenges that come up here. And we've talked about this uh, a number of times in various contexts. You know, just to put the, you know, some numbers to it, 95 and a half million adults are in blended families. That's you know, step relationships, that's, that's 95 million of us. There's only 400 million of us yeah. in the U.S., folks. It's a large number. So sure. it's an incredibly big number. And I think so little gets discussed on, in this case, what about the children and what happens there? Just think, if you had a spouse who you ended up divorcing because of uh, domestic violence, drug addiction, alcoholism, things along those natures, lines, and then you became incapacitated and or met a premature death, the law would be giving your ex priority for custody and raising the children. And this is a challenge for many of you to deal with. And Ted, there's no real easy answer here, is there? There isn't any easy answer because, you know, most people that are going through divorce, the last thing on their mind, Rick, is estate planning and these issues that we consider to be really, really important, but perhaps they get bypassed in the process. But most married couples will initially plan together to name each other in these various positions of power that we talk about in these documents that we draft. And 
when you go through this divorce, if you want that to remain, you can let it remain, but you certainly need to change it if you want to change it. And so many times we find that people are still on accounts with people. People are still named beneficiaries on various accounts. And and Rick kind of hit it on the head. The most important component of this really, folks, is this guardianship of minor children issue. Uh, and that absolutely has to be addressed. So, you know, when you're thinking about your children, when you're going through divorce, you're usually arguing about who's going to have custody, if it's shared custody, what are the visitation rights, you know, figuring all the schedules, who's going to have them on Christmas, who's going to have them on Thanksgiving, you know, kind of this shuttle diplomacy with the children goes on. But it's rare that we find people addressing what I would call estate planning issues yeah. when it comes to divorce and your minor children. Yeah, and the, the courts the courts are pretty good really about the visitation component of this, but sometimes the, even the court will miss this custody issue if one of them or both of them become incapacitated and that's that's kind of this hole that we're talking about in this in this arena. It, it really is, and of course the last thing any of us want is for our children to be prematurely orphaned either through our death or an awful lot of children are orphaned due to parents' disability, no longer able to provide for their care. And we really need to figure out early on in the divorce process that maybe you and your soon-to-be ex might be having a discussion about this and maybe incorporating that into your parenting plan. And I said this would be crucial, I think, if you have one of the two parents that has significant issues that would inhibit them from being a Absolutely. proper parent. Absolutely. So things we're talking about, obviously, would be mental illness, um, violence, drug and alcohol addiction, you know, things of Absolutely. this nature, criminal records. Um, there's a lot of reasons someone shouldn't be a parent, but might have legal status Absolutely. to be. But these are things, again, that can be negotiated as part of the parenting. Plan. They can, but, but, it, but in the real world, the, the, the biological parent has this priority over this custody issue, and they can be, let's put it this way, all, incredibly unfit in most people's eyes, yet still have parental rights. Um, and that's a big, that's a big issue. And, and most people think, well, the kids can go to my mom's house or they can go to my, my sister's house or something like that, and the court, the court isn't going to allow that up front, they're going to vet whoever it is that has custody of these children temporarily, but that process takes time. And in the interim, the children are what Rick called uh, effectively orphaned from the family. Well, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, so many young folks, those with uh, minor children, very few of you have done any estate planning. Very Shame few you. of you have decided that if who sh who do you want to have your children if you can't parent them and you can't raise them through disability or death? Very few of you have taken the responsibility to address this. And yet when we talk to you, I hear things like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, my family's going to take care of My yeah. sister said she'll take them. Yeah. Well, folks there's got to be a legal pathway for them to get there. It doesn't just happen. And we see so many sad cases where these children, you know, maybe you're in a car wreck and one of you dies, one's incapacitated. The kids happen to be strapped in in their car seats in the back seat. They ended up not being injured. They're picked up from the accident scene. Both parents are out of commission 
and voila, adult, excuse me, child protective services is going to be brought in, and more likely than not, they're going to end up in foster care. Briefly, for sure. And at least briefly, and you know, folks, even a night or two can be traumatic. Yeah, And, you know, so we need to have things put in place in advance that says, what if? And there's so many issues to talk about with guardianship, and especially for those of you who have gone through divorce, which is at least half of everyone that's married, but not more. And these complicating factors are really something that we need to sit down discuss, go through. Are there family members you absolutely would never want to become a guardian? Are those that are acceptable to you? Remember, you can put your wishes in front of the court. In the court, Ted, in your, you know, in your experience, you've been doing this a long time. Generally, would you agree that the courts will accept your recommendations? Generally speaking, they will. However, there are those situations where the court, even even upon a recommendation, will do some due diligence to make sure that the person is, in fact, the correct person to have the children. So it's not automatic, but it's certainly, I'll say 98% of the time when you nominate these folks in your documents, that works. And the court will take uh, great consideration for that recommended person. So. You know, it really is important. And then, you know, one of the other issues that arises um, in the context of guardianship, there's really two things going on simultaneous. One is who will have custody? In other words, the physical parent. Where is the child going to live? Who's going to get them to school and make their meals and go and shopping and get school clothes and, you know, be mom and dad? The other role that needs to be addressed is money. Who is going to be in charge of the funds for that child? Your choices are obviously the guardian themselves or someone else. And there's pros and cons on both, and we need to discuss them. And an awful lot of that has to do with your situation, perhaps how much money there is, the nature of it, um, the age of the children, what we know about them, uh, what do we know about their guardians. Um, there's a lot of factors. There are. The age of the guardian certainly plays into this, particularly with grandparents, Rick. The, a lot of times the courts will take the position that they're simply too old uh, to raise these children despite their well-intentioned efforts to do that. But sometimes it's just not the right fit. And the other thing you touched on earlier is the money and the worst case scenario we see, Rick, are people that don't plan and have no money and they pass away or become incapacitated. And now you have effectively a child that's indigent and has no means of support. And this is, takes it to a whole different category, right? Because now you have to have somebody that's able to take them on on all those levels, financially, emotionally, all those levels that are important for raising children. You know, it really is. And so I really want to make sure that, you know, a lot of you listening out there this morning, it's a good chance your grandmas and grandpas. And this is something for you to have a chat with your kids about if they're not listening. Because, you know, our KTTH listeners are nice, responsible people, and they're up on the morning, and they're out and doing things. So anyhow, we uh, I digress a bit. But talk to your family members about it, even if it's your siblings, your, your brothers and your sisters. You know, maybe you're the one rare exception who's done their planning, and you've wrestled with some of these decisions, and you know how difficult they are to make. And I always say, if they're that difficult for you, can you imagine how difficult it is for the court with the limited amount of information that's going to be able to be presented in a courtroom 
for this, and that's one of the challenges. You know, judges just have such a short period of time in reality to make these very significant, you know, potentially life-altering decisions um, that are difficult to unwind. Well, it's it's difficult. We we have husbands and wives in all the time, and we ask this question, and I can't tell you how many times I've sat in the room and listened to them go back and forth about who's the – who's the proper person to care for the children in the event one or both of them are incapacitated. And, and I think it takes them by surprise. I mean, it's, I don't think it's not that they realize that it's in the back of their mind, but they, but they just have a hard time coming to some agreement about, you know, is it my family? Is it his family? Is it some combination of both? And just what works there. So it, it, it's a big decision and, and requires some significant thought. Hey, folks, you're listening to Your Partner in Law live on KTTH AM 770 this morning. We're going to go ahead and have Darren open up the call lines. Maybe you have a call about guardianship for your minor children or maybe your grandchildren. Give us a call at 800-465-8770. Live on air, 800-465-8770. Your Partner in Law will be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a compliment consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. One of the biggest mistakes you can make heading into retirement is not planning for the high cost of an extended health care situation. A lot of people assume they have enough money saved only to watch everything they've worked hard for get whittled down to nothing from the ongoing costs of a long-term care situation. Don't make this mistake. By putting a long-term care plan in place, you guarantee yourself a source of funds to pay for care when needed, and you also know you won't become a burden on your family. Do what my wife and I did. Go learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by 525 Advisors. These new plans protect your savings, protect your family, and pay your estate back if you never use them. Learn more by attending one of the upcoming classes taught by Brian Ott, who's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. 
For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregorkin Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. All right, Andrew, get things going this morning. All righty, welcome back. I'm Rick Gregorick from the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. You're listening to Your Partner in Law, which you can find on the World Wide Web at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We'll be posting our upcoming event schedule next week. I know we just wrapped up with uh, our big retirement roundtable event last weekend. Uh, great event, Ted. Um, we had we had a good time out there. We met a lot a of nice time. folks, and yeah. um, you know, I think we had a nice, informative thing. And of course, we had lots of good feedback from all the folks sure who did. attended. From uh, that's good. That's so. Uh, thanks for all who attended, and for those of you who. Weren't able to make it. We're going to be have some more upcoming events here between now and the end of the year. Uh, so you can uh, come on in and uh, get some education as we speak. And um, But, you know, out there on the old website, check us out. Um, you can ask us legal questions or inquiries or whatever right from our website. Just uh, say ask the um, attorney question there. Um, all our upcoming events. Uh, check out our blog. I'm, I'm pretty good about keeping it up, but it's hard to get it out there every day. But we, uh, we do a pretty good job of uh, keeping it up. I think I might be a little behind because of retirement roundtable. Kept me busy there for a little bit. But uh, do check that out. There's all kinds of interesting articles from around the country that we discuss in situations. And I put it out there because most of the things that we talk about are lessons learned. We look at when things don't go well for someone else. That's when you hear about it. Then we should look at that. <laughs> and then we have this thing called vicarious learning, you know, learn through the experiences of others. You know, you don't have to run into the brick wall. You know, if you see it up there and you see everybody running into the brick wall, maybe you turn around and walk away and go around the brick wall or over it or under it. Oh, it's too easy, Rick. Stop trying to go through the brick <laughs> wall, too right? too easy. You know, what's, what's that definition of insanity if That's you keep it. doing the same thing same and expect result. a different result? That's yeah. right. Yep. So um, it's kind of true. So, you know, if you have any questions, ask us on our website. Of course, you know, all of our KTTH listeners are all, you know, you free estate and elder law consultations. Uh, we really want you to come in and learn about this stuff such that you can apply it in your own situation because, you know, we talk all the time, folks, about all the different maladies that can impact our lives as we age. Sometimes we forget that these same things can happen when we're younger, in our 30s and 40s, when we have minor children. So, you know, Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, there's nothing much more, you know, heart-wrenching when it comes into our office. And I remember a case not too long ago where mom and dad came in, um, mid-30s, um, wonderful family, couple nice little girls in tow, seven, eight years old, nine, ten kind of thing. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Um, they had left the doctors the day before, and the husband was diagnosed with a rapid type of um, brain cancer 
and was told that he should get his affairs in order immediately, that he had most likely less than 30 days to live. Now, folks, we got their planning done. But I can tell you that's not the time you want to be doing it. You have other things you should be focusing on when you get these types of uh, dreaded diagnoses. Um, That's not the time to start your planning. That's when your planning is supposed to go into play and start working for you rather than trying to do this crisis planning. Nothing done in a crisis, generally. Um, Nobody makes their best decisions. Things get rushed. It's very, very challenging. And so when things are going well is when you want to do this, folks. As soon as possible, people say, well, what age should I start my estate planning? Well, if you're asking that question and you're over 18, now. Yeah, now. You know, you don't put these things off. I mean, I oftentimes analogize it to, you know, keeping your car running. Well, you know, you got to go buy the car. Well, that's doing your estate plan. And then you got to keep it up. You got to treat it well. You know, you've got to maintain it. You've got to, you know, keep it clean, if you will. You need to update it over time. It's going to need brake jobs and oil changes. And, you know, maybe years from now, you know, you love that old jalopy, so you rebuild it. There's lots of things that we can do, but, you know, you've got to take the responsibility to take the bull by horns, pick up the phone and make an appointment and then, you know, go through with that planning. That's that's the toughest step, isn't it? It's just getting people in front of us and having some sense of urgency in this arena is really difficult until you need it. And that's the last time you want to be planning for it is when you need it today and you don't have it yet. (laughs) That's That's like buying insurance when the house is on fire. Absolutely. You know, I've used that so oftentimes. The guy standing out front of the yard with the Gasoline poured all over the front yard with yep. a lit match in his hand. Yep. Little late to call for the fire insurance. Yep. A little late. Um, so what we really want you to do is, you know, get out, you know, get these planning done, get it done early. The results are magnificent. Not, you know, the peace of mind of knowing what happens to your children and that they'll be provided for in a means and manner to which you've approved and designed. You know, that's got to give you some peace of mind rather than wondering what if, or, oh, my God, what if my sister ended up with them or something like that? I mean, oh, my God, what if? People don't want to think about those things, but it's imperative that you do. You know, none of this is fun stuff, right? Planning for your demise is not fun stuff, but this is something that just has to be done. Well, Ted, we see in some cases we talk to folks about, just like you could disinherit someone from your estate plan, you can also in that estate plan, you can say, under no circumstances are A to B or name yep. the people ever to become guardians of my children. Yes. You have that ability. Yes, you sure. have the right to make decisions. Exercise those rights. That's the best advice I can give you. Use the tools that um, you've been given. Um, there's no place else on planet Earth that gives us all of these options. I haven't talked about this for a while, but... When we look at estate planning, and Ted, you know, you and I have talked about this a long time. No place else on the globe that I'm aware of does a government give people so many different options and opportunities to plan their affairs for themselves. Different taxes, all kinds of different things going. Just like a corporation versus a limited partnership versus a limited liability company, S corporations, C corporations, things that those are all conducting business. All differently, different tax returns, different tax rates, different rules. We have the same opportunities in our estate planning. 
Unfortunately, most of you choose the sole proprietor route and don't do anything. This thinking things will work out. Boy, you know, Ted, if we had a nickel for every time we used to hear that, oh, yeah, well, things will work out until they don't is always the follow-up to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the truth, though. I mean, people just sometimes they're just complacent about many things in their life, and this is just one of those areas, right? I mean, operating a business as a sole proprietor is just flat-out a bad idea. I know a lot of you do it, but it's just not a good idea. Well, you know, when you're fearless and you don't mind, I mean, basically when you're a sole proprietor, you're saying if something happens in my business, I get sued, I'm willing to gamble everything I own. Exactly. My home, my savings, my investments. Um, And usually when those things happen, you're giving up your marriage too. (laughs) Yeah. Funny how those things work together. I hate to say it. it. If Scott was here, he'd tell you number one reason for divorce is still money. Yep. Always has been and probably always will be. So uh, money, the root of all evil, right? It is. And you you find out pretty quick in this business that money is thicker than blood, don't you, Rick? (laughs) Oh, boy. Hey, maybe that's a whole show. Money is thicker than blood. No, it is. We better have that as a show Uh coming up. It can be really rough. Hey, folks, I know some of you might have some war stories to tell or maybe a success story in this um, silver lining. Uh, Give us a call this morning. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. The call-in number is 800-465-8770. And uh, Ted and I would love to chat with you this morning. So uh, give us a holler and uh, make sure and check us out at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can click through to the law firm there, rjglegal.com. You can uh, check out the, um, uh, the our blogs, ask legal questions, all kinds of fun stuff Good information there. on there. Good information. And you can uh, also hop over to the law firm's website. Check out our estate planning library and the learning center. Uh, I want to give you information that helps you make wise decisions, folks. Hey, we'll be right back after this short commercial break. It's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, here's another great question from a listener. What happens if the premiums get too expensive and I can't afford my long-term care insurance? Dory, this is one of the biggest concerns people have that are considering long-term care planning. It seems like everyone who has had a long-term care insurance plan in the past has faced a premium increase along the way. But the truth is, things have changed over the last few years, and now we have plans with guaranteed level payments. We also have plans with single payments and limited pay options, so you don't have to continue making payments into your plan forever. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. And don't forget to join me every Saturday morning here on Cairo for Long-Term Care Radio. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. 
you've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. All right. Gotta love a little Bob Seger. Uh, just listen to it all morning long. But we got to get back to business. Folks, we're talking about a really important subject today, one that does not get talked about enough even by us sometimes is really estate planning for divorced parents, and especially when you have minor children. But children of any ages cause challenges in this area um, because there's always that conflict of um, the connective tissue with the old spouse being at least children. There may well be financial um, strings still tied. And then, of course, we have the relationship with the new spouse right. and uh, maybe their children. And... Um, all of those complexities, as we jokingly always talk about the Brady Bunch. In reality, we don't see it quite always working out quite as happy with all the kids getting along and everybody singing Kumbaya and yes. things like that. We more often than not see um, issues yes. arise of you know, every type of issue that you could possibly imagine. And we were talking to be at the first part of the show about you know decision-making on who would be the custodial parent? Now, folks, if you become incapacitated or you die and you have minor children, they will be under the control of the guardianship court, the probate guardianship court, and they will be involved in that system because all guardianships for minors and incapacitated adults are handled through court. There is no other option. I hear people saying, oh, I have a trust-based plan, so there's no probate. Well, that's great. There's no probate. But if you have minor children involved, there will be a guardianship hearing on those children where the court, hear me loud, the court will decide who's going to raise your children. So the question I have is very simple. If the judge is making that decision, do you want to be able to influence that decision? And I'm hoping you say, of course, I want to do that. Well, I know that this is one of these areas, Ted, where everybody will tell me the right answer. Of course, I would like to influence or tell the judge who I would like to um, raise my children. Of course. But then there's no follow-up. So, Ted, what are the best ways for a person to deal with this within their estate plan? Well, there's a couple of places where you can nominate guardians of minor children to make these various recommendations. One is in a will and one is in a power of attorney, and both those are appropriate forums for naming guardians of minor children. But it does need to be reduced to a writing in order for you to have some influence, like Rick said, over the ultimate decision. What I said earlier is 98% of the time the courts will go along with these recommendations that you provide, but they won't just do so without having some due diligence about who it is that this person is, what are their financial well, you know, wherewithal, what is their emotional wherewithal, what is their age, do they have disabilities themselves. There's a number of different issues that the court will vet, let's put it that way, 
in these kind of nominations, but those go a long, long way and get you around a whole lot of what we call pre-guardian appointment kind of issues. It really is important. Ted, you brought up, you know, a number of issues there that all have to be addressed in uh, determining our guardianships. The number one excuse I hear from people under 40 that have children um, about avoiding their estate plan, and I, this is the number one excuse I get. My wife and I or my husband and I could not agree on who should be the guardians if something happened to both of us. That, folks, should be very telling to you. If you are having difficulty, you and your spouse, if you can't make that decision, doesn't it stand to reason that there's going to be a a, a challenge for that guardianship when something does happen and they're in front of a court? Aren't you building in a fight yeah, that your that, children will be the ping pong ball of this fight. Yeah, absolutely. That is what we absolutely try to avoid. And, and a lot of times it'll come down to grandparents getting into the fray. And then you then you have this family dynamic where most people will walk away not speaking with one another when that's the worst thing that could be happening for the children involved, right? And we don't want to have these kind of contests going on where there aren't any. So by all means, this ability to name an appropriate person is critical. Well, if you think about it, if something happens to you guys, your the parents, um, you've just traumatized your children for the rest of your life by dying or becoming incapacitated. That event in and of itself is traumatizing. Yep. How they will handle that trauma is going to have a large, in large part, is going to be what did you do about it? What pathway did you put them on? Did you put them on a pathway of relative certainty where you've taken the responsibility to set forth the terms and conditions of their guardianship, who you would find to be acceptable, how, how and to whom is going to manage the money. You've answered the tough questions. You're going to take you know, a terrible situation, make lemonade out of what you can, and then try to support those kids in the best way you can, support those guardians in the best way you can, set up checks and balances in the system. There's a lot of great things that you can set up to where you're going to have that feeling when it's all done that you did the right thing and that you've taken care of your family in the worst of circumstances. That's really what we plan for, Ted, right? Yep, the, that's exactly the worst right. we planned for the very worst that what might happen. And then yep. if that doesn't, great. But well, unfortunately, that's plan, what lawyers do, right? I mean, that's what we do. You know, we run things out to the to the worst possible case scenario, and then we try to plan backwards, if you will, from that event and how to avoid that, or at least have some control over it, right? I mean, none of us has any control over whether we're going to die in a you know a car crash or become severely disabled as a result of something like that. But we certainly can shape the outcome uh, if that does happen. And so we have to start from that perspective and that's how we kind of do our plan. That's how we do our planning. For it really is. We've got to start from a point and say, well, you know, given your situation, it's what if we have to ask a lot of what if questions, what if this occurs, what outcome is desirable? Can we achieve that? Do we have the financial resources? Do we have the um, personnel, the resources, do we have the right people in our plan? There's a lot of things we can do, but if we don't address these issues in proper legal documents, and I got to stress proper legal documents, um, this is a big deal. This is not something you go to the warehouse store for. 
My favorite warehouse store, of course, is Costco. My God, I've talked about it for years. I just think it's a it's a great place. You know, I like an awful lot about, you know, their business models and all kinds of different things, but just the store experience and the uh, great prices, good products. But you can't go to Costco to do an estate plan, folks. Costco sells commodities. So if I go to Costco and I buy a product, a roll of toilet paper, napkins. It's the same napkins, the same rolls of toilet paper that I could go to any other store that sells that kind of stuff and buy. So it's very easy for me to compare and contrast quality and price. It's very easy. I say, oh, well, this roll of toilet paper, as I show my ignorance here, this one has 400 sheets on it and they're two ply and it's X dollars. This other one is one ply and this or that. So you get definite quality differences. And you can negotiate, then you can uh, see that reflected in the price. Service businesses are not like that. Law is a service business. And a service business really boils down to a couple of things. But first and foremost, it's going to be the people. In this case, the attorneys themselves. And what do they believe in? And what type of planning do they do? Um, Not all attorneys do planning in the same way. Hey, we're going to pick this up after this quick break. And your partner in law, we will be right back. Stay tuned. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer. And I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a compliment consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregorick, founder of Gregorick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. A lot of people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than what it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. 
Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, these new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay your estate back with interest if you never use it. But most importantly, it's about having a plan. All your kids have to do is carry out your wishes, and you're not a burden on them. That's why I love the advice my wife and I got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian has an asset-based class this Wednesday in Bellevue. This class is aimed at individuals and couples who have accumulated close to or more than a million dollars in assets and may be considering self-funding long-term care costs in the future. Learn why that's not the best idea. Seating will be limited for the special asset-based class this Wednesday in Bellevue, so reserve your spot right now. 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Now back to your partner in law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Hey, we're back. You're listening to your partner in law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick from the law firm of Gregorick and Associates. And he does not have hot legs, by the way. So there go. Oh, God, no. <laughs> like Rod Stewart, but. Uh, yeah, uh, the hot leg part ends there. Okay. Uh, I, I should. I have never. Mind. I'm sorry. I had I a Rod just, Stewart I, story, I, but never mind. I, I, better, <laughs> I better leave that one alone. That was a long right. time ago. Right. And um, we've dug that deep enough, I think. I, I suppose, folks. Today we've been talking about you know minor children and the role parents need to play in planning for them, and the heightened role for parents who are divorced. Now, even if you're not divorced, planning for your children is hypercritical. It is. It and really is. It is. And while you're on that topic, and we don't mean to, to dismiss this, but Rick's talking about a, sometimes a situation arises where you have a disabled adult child, and that planning is similar to what we're talking about here, and that's ma- making sure that not only do you have someone who is going to be age-appropriate for this role, but also the financial aspect of it is very, very important. I can't tell you how many people I run into with adult disabled children who say, what is going to happen to this child when I pass away? This is very similar to what we're talking about here. It's just in a little bit different context. It really, really is. And, you know, in the biz, so to speak, we talk about dead hand management and being able to control things from your grave. Uh, You can do quite a bit of that, folks, if you do it properly. And when we get into planning for our minor children or disabled uh, Adult children, or disabled or, minor or children, disabled right? minor children's yeah. even the trifecta. Yeah. There, there are things we can do, and one of the things I wanted to talk about relative to the guardianship is there's always two things going on in the guardianship, and we've been talking predominantly about the um, parenting side of it. In other words, the custody: who's going, you know, where's my child? Where are they going to go to sleep at night? Who's going to be their parent? Get them to school, buy them school clothes. Who's the custody parent? That is one decision. The next decision has to be who is in charge of the money. Um, some people choose the guardian themselves to be in charge. Others may choose to set the money aside in a trust for that child and then have it managed by an independent trustee. Now, that could be another family member. It could be a professional, all kinds of options there. But the money management would be separate and distinct from the custody parent. Ted, what are some of the pros and cons on that? Well, obviously, some of the immediate issues that are are obvious is separating the custodial person from the money. That's number one, I I would say, with that arrangement. And the other thing is, is that whoever these people are, they need to work well together, right? So you always have these personalities and whether or not they work well together uh, is always a question. So you need to have some flexibility 
in your planning to allow for those types of situations where you can swap these various people in and out of your plan if need be for the benefit of the disabled person or the minor child. You know, and there's there's one interesting topic, Ted, I want you to remind me when we come back to break, uh, just mention it a little bit, but that's about when our minor children become adults. And um, they have a statute of limitations on bringing a case against their guardian. Let's talk about that when we get back from this um, short break. Your partner-in-law, we'll be right back. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated, you've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner-in-Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. One of the biggest mistakes you can make heading into retirement is not planning for the high cost of an extended health care situation. A lot of people assume they have enough money saved only to watch everything they've worked hard for get whittled down to nothing from the ongoing costs of a long term care situation. Don't make this mistake. By putting a long-term care plan in place, you guarantee yourself a source of funds to pay for care when needed, and you also know you won't become a burden on your family. Do what my wife and I did. Go learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by 525 Advisors. These new plans protect your savings, protect your family, and pay your estate back if you never use them. Learn more by attending one of the upcoming classes taught by Brian Ott, who's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month seats are limited so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com you'll get a free copy of brian's book too go to 525longtermcare.com 525longtermcare.com have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely none of us plan on it but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances your family and your business hi this is attorney rick gregory host of your partner-in-law right here on cairo radio every sunday morning at eight elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth so whether your estate is large or small you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you your loved ones and your business For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregorick & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. I just can't get off this leg thing, can we? <laughs> It's the top, coming at it from a little bit different angle, but uh, nevertheless, talking about the same top. All right, folks, hey, we're, um, we're back. 
your partner in law, uh, wrapping up this hour. Uh, Getting ready to um, bug out and uh, see catch the, the yeah, catch this game. game. That's right. Absolutely, ought to be interesting. But, hey, right before break, I was talking about the separation of the management of money from the physical custody of the child. So, if we have a guardianship, there's management of the person, and you know, there are their medical decisions, their custody, and all that kind of stuff. And then there's going to be a guardianship component relative to the management of money. And we oftentimes talk to, you know, prospective clients that are doing their planning about separating the management of money from the actual physical custody and raising of the children. Ted, what are some of the kind of generic reasons that we want to discuss this with folks? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I talked a little bit about the potential conflicts for that, but there's also some upsides to it, too. Number one is if this person who's the custodial person, if you will, is not particularly good with money, then obviously that's a red flag and we need to separate the two of them so that that works properly. But sometimes there's an advantage to taking money management out of the hands of family members, period. So people just aren't fighting over the money all the time and some independent person is making the call on the money. Uh, But it does have its inherent problems as well. And the, the biggest one being you separate those two roles and the person that's a custodial parent is essentially having to ask for money when they need money for the child. So that's, that's some of the downside to it, but there's also upside to it as well. Yeah, one of the uh, things that I did in my own plan when my children were minors, uh, quite a while ago now, but when they were minors, um, I had set up a trust that would, you know, if something happened to their parents, to mom and dad, that there was a trust that was set up um, that would be for both children until the youngest child had reached a certain age. I think in my plan at the time, I'd said 25. And I said, when my youngest child reaches 25, then whatever's left in the trust would split into an individual trust for each child. But the common trust, or what we might call a pot trust, was for both of my children. And it was to make decisions. The trust was designed such that the trustee would have the opportunity to make decisions somewhat like a parent would. In other words, you didn't have to make equal distributions to each child from the trust. You had to make distributions that were fair and equitable to both children, but had a priority of health, education, and then maintenance and support, with health obviously being the most important. So if one child had a health issue and the trust had to expend $10,000 on that medical event, they didn't have to turn around and give the other child a $10,000 distribution to make everything equal because that would be kind of dumb. Right. That's not how parents make decisions. That's so right. with a common pot of money, we set it up such that it, the trustees could make decisions about that. You know, Ted, like if they're going to go away to college, well, my, you know, my daughter was older than my son, so she's going to be off to college first. I can't sit there and gut the entire estate to send the first child to college, leaving nothing behind for the second, right? So we had to write in rules and, you know, guidelines and decision criteria. And then we built in, you know, some other people to be an advisor, you know, an advisory committee to help make some of these decisions because they're really challenging. That's that's drafting issues that we're talking about primarily. And and you have to give that some thought when you're doing these common pot trusts because Rick just pointed out the issues, and that is, Children age differently. They have different requirements as they grow older, and you certainly don't want to drain the pot, so to speak, to benefit one over the other. And 
and this issue of non what we call non pro rata distributions is a drafting choice frankly right we we see these that have pro rata what rick said is true if i give 10 to one i got to give 10 to the other and that doesn't necessarily produce the best results sometimes no so these parenting trusts as i might call them um, really work well, and we have some design that we can build into them, but you can build in some certainty, and you can build in the decision makers and, and the, some checks and balances in that. And, and one of the beautiful parts about that is, let, let's say, think about this pragmatic conflict of interest. Your two children are going to go live with your sister and her husband in their home, and they have two children already. So they were all set up for a family of four. Voila! They're a family of six. Do they need a new bedroom? Do they need a bigger car? Those decisions automatically bring in conflicts of interest if they're looking for the to use some of the money to improve the home, to put the bedroom on or to add the car on, Absolutely. things like that. If they're using some of the child's money that they're the, you know, the, the parent of, um, that can cause some problems. I wanted to make sure in my estate plan those problems didn't arise. So those types of decisions were put off to an independent decision-making body within my trust for my children that would determine, is it okay to use the children's money to add a room addition, a bedroom, onto um, a.k.a. your brother or sister's home in order to house your children? Well, maybe that's an estate planning thing for you. You said, I want each of my children to have their own bedroom, and I'm willing to pay for it. Because whoever's getting your children may or may not have those extra bedrooms hanging around. Perhaps they need a new house. Right? New house. Yeah, this, Maybe, this happens too, right? You know, the, the sedan's no longer going to be acceptable with two more kids. They need a van with a third row. Gotta, Absolutely. We all got to get places. So there's a lot of pragmatic things that really need to go on but have really long-reaching um, ramifications. And so I, I just want to encourage all of you and... You know, you grandparents out there, um, talk to your children, especially your adult children and with, you know, young children of their own, those of you who have grandchildren. Um, maybe this is big on my mind right now because a couple days ago was my granddaughter, my first granddaughter's uh, birthday, October 10th. She turned one year. It seems like just a couple of months ago I was talking about I became a grandpa. And um, And I saw pictures the other day, and it's, wow, how quick they grow. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're little people now at at one year. And um, so it is rather amazing. So uh, the cycle of life does go on. But um, I was talking with my daughter um, the other day, and, um, you know, so we're in the midst of um, setting up a trust for, uh, for Liberty, and uh, my granddaughter, and um, we're setting up a trust that the various members of the family will be able to contribute to over her lifetime. And we hope to that to have a um, nice uh, fund for her by the time she's ready to go to college or go into whatever venture she decides to go in at that time. Kind of hard to think that far in the future today. It'll be here before you know it. <laughs> but um, we hope flat, and and then we hope she has some good seed money to get through life. And um, sure, what we're on. all trying to do is looking at setting up her retirement. Now, I said she just turned one. So as a family, we're thinking about her retirement already and putting some things in motion because, folks, you know, a very modest amount of money invested when a child is very young can in fact be their retirement income when they're ready for retirement without anything ever else ever happening so you know we want to get our kids off and our grandkids off on a good start 
hopefully teach them how to lead and good responsible life and everything. That is but true financial legacy. That's what and that is. just you know move on and know you've done your job and you you don't have to be a multi 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 millionaire. That's true. To give your your children um, financial security, if you do some planning and grandparents, this is a great opportunity for you to, you know, do some things. I mean, we we could show you studies where uh, ten thousand dollars invested in a widely diversified, uh, low cost mutual fund, kind of a Vanguard kind of thing, or a dimensional funds. Lots of different, you know, several different funds out there, and you just get market rates of return over thirty years. You go through the ups and you go through the downs. You rebalance your account. That could be anywhere from six hundred to a thousand to a million dollars, depending on you know a few variables here sure. and there, and you know that's that's a staggering amount of money. But you once you get the time value of money working for you, y'all heard the rule is seventy two. You know, every seven years your money will double at ten percent. Uh, every if you're getting seven percent on your money, it's approximately every ten years your money will double. So you'd start doing the math. And, you know, 100 goes to 200, 200 goes to 4, 400 to 800, 800 to 1.6 million. That was four recycling periods. So um, yeah. it, it happens quickly. Um, many people get frustrated in savings because they don't see much happening in the first year or two. Right. Yep. Give it time. It's kind of like watching a pot of water. You don't see much activity, and then it all of a sudden but starts it, to fall. Right. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm so. having the same discussion with my daughter now. She's uh, 19 years old, Rick, and I... Uh, set her up her first Roth IRA this year. And so I said, look, this is money. Just pretend it's not there. Contribute to it. 50 a month, 100 a month, whatever you can do. And by the time you're my age, you'll be set. Go Roth. Hey, folks, uh, we got a big Seahawks game out there. Get your colors on. Go Hawks against the Cleveland Browns. 10 o'clock. Switch over to Dory maybe and uh, take a listen. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. A Vintinfo newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.